Welcome to GYN Corner with Dr. McDaniel, all things health-related for women. Good afternoon, this is Dr. McDaniel at GYN Corner. Uh, today's Friday, July 26th. Thank you for watching this presentation on polyps. What are polyps? Uh, because that's the response I get whenever I tell someone they have a, a polyp. Uh, I just saw a patient today. That's what sparked the presentation. It was really busy this morning. I've been trying to do these presentations first thing in the morning before we get started, but I came in kind of cutting it close to the start time this morning and uh, was not able to do the presentation I had originally planned and then I decided to do polyps because it seems as though most younger people are not aware of, uh, they've never heard of polyps or don't know what they are. Uh, so polyps are abnormal balls of blood vessels. You can get polyps anywhere. You can get nasal polyps. People have the nosebleeds out the blue. You can get polyps in the um, esophagus, stomach, um, the the uh, larynx or the vocal cords. You hear about the singers getting the polyps. They have to have them removed. Um, colon polyps are, are very well known. A lot of older people, they get the colonoscopy. If there's a polyp, it gets removed because the polyp is a potential source of colon cancer. And you can have polyps, uh, skin polyps. Uh, we call those epithelial polyps. Um, layman's term is um, skin tags. And you can get polyps of the vaginal canal, cervical polyps, uterine polyps, which we call endometrial polyps. Since they're balls of abnormal blood vessels, they will often bleed. So you can get polyps in the intestinal system, they bleed, and they're abnormal balls of blood vessels, so they often garner, will often garner abnormal growth. Now that being said, the majority of polyps are benign, non-cancerous, they're just abnormal balls, but they can, they can and will grow. Most often if I see a cervical polyp, cervix looks like a mouth, and if there's a polyp that I can see, that means it's sticking out of the mouth of the womb, which is a cervix, so it's kind of like this. Uh, usually if I see a polyp, it's very tiny. It's like the size of, um, um, what I want to say, an, a sesame seed, sometimes a, um, um, a BB shot or a caper. Usually they're about four to five millimeters, occasionally maybe six to seven millimeters. Uh, if they're allowed to grow, so they sit there for a while, usually like maybe a year or two, they can get quite large. The lady I saw today, she was a new patient. I, she hasn't seen a gynecologist. She said she thinks seven to eight years, could be more, could be a little less. Well, when I saw her, the polyp she had, <coughs> sorry, it was, um, about 10 times larger than the size I usually see if someone has an exam and I see a cervical polyp. So her polyp was about, um, I don't want to say french fry, uh, but about that long. So usually they're about the size of a sesame seed or a caper. Hers was maybe the length of, um, like the length of a quarter length of a quarter, diameter of a quarter. So that was about uh, one and a half to two centimeters 
closer to about two centimeters. And they're very flesh colored, so wherever they're located, they resemble um, the tissue that they're located in, but they're abnormal balls of blood vessels, so they can bleed wantonly or they can bleed with any kind of stimulation. Uh, this lady reported that she's been having bleeding with intercourse for uh, quite a while and that when she gets her menstrual cycle she has bleeding a little bit of weird bleeding before and a little bit of weird bleeding after the usual normal days of her menstrual cycle so that could most commonly be attributed to the polyps as I stated previously polyps are most commonly benign they're not cancerous or malignant but they can potentially be cancerous or malignant uh, more commonly if they're in the uterus so endometrial polyps and especially if someone's already gone through menopause so if they're postmenopausal endometrial polyps cervical polyps will usually bleed with intercourse because the friction with intercourse causes bleeding those abnormal blood vessels are fragile if you touch them they will usually bleed um, and if they're in the cervix they can often uh, pick up um, have a lot of inflammatory changes because the cervical bacteria uh, grows on them so they become inflamed uh, because of the bacteria so they can, will often bleed on their own without any stimulation oftentimes they will also cause uh, be the source of abnormal pap smears not for precancerous cancerous concerns but because they're abnormal balls of blood vessels the tissue overlining them is going to also be abnormal or atypical or often the terms that the pathologist will use so when we get the pap report it'll say atypical glandular cells most commonly uh, we don't remove the polyps if they're benign. They're sitting there. They're not causing pap issues. They're not causing bleeding. And sometimes that does happen. You can just leave them. The person does not have to have the, the polyp removed. Uh, but if their pap smear comes back abnormal or if they're having bleeding, any kind of abnormal bleeding, the recommendation is always to remove the polyp. And um, usually just removing a cervical polyp is pretty easy. It takes about seven to eight minutes clamp the cervix twist it off scrape off the base to remove the stalk of the polyp cauterize it send it to the lab we always send the polyp to pathology because obviously they have to confirm that it was really just a benign run-of-the-mill cervical polyp that it did not have any abnormal tissue abnormal cell changes um, within it so that need to be addressed so I hope that's been helpful information on what are polyps and specifically uh, cervical polyp. This is Dr. McDaniel at GYN Corner. Please check out the YouTube channel. It's also called GYN Corner. And um, if you're in the tri-state tri area, you can check out our website. It's uh, midtowngyn.com. You can make appointments through the website. And we see walk-ins, women without appointments every day. Just call the office in the morning for the walk-in hours. I don't usually keep the walk-in hours in the afternoon or evening because those are the more popular times. They get filled quickly and we're going to be... Um, overloaded if we take walk-ins but occasionally I'll extend it to the afternoon if I see it's a little light in the afternoon but usually the walk-in hours are before um, lunchtime so in the early morning to late morning and occasionally early afternoon uh, but have a great weekend I'll be back tomorrow the girls have horse lessons so I'll be back from the horse farm tomorrow this is Dr. McDaniel have a good rest of your Friday thank you
you for joining Dr. McDaniel at GYN Corner, all things health-related for women. Please subscribe and join us again soon for another episode.